we've been fighting for 45 years about abortion's legality, and yet I didn't really understand at all what happened when abortion was banned. Michelle Oberman is a professor of law at Santa Clara University, and she set out to try and answer that question. What actually happens to women and to society when abortion is banned? She started in Chile in 2008 because Chile had one of the strictest abortion bans in the world. And what she found surprised her. From the very get-go, from the very first interviews that I had with doctors there, I learned that abortion is commonplace in Chile, that in fact... Any day, any person who has a smartphone and a little bit of money can buy abortion medication on the streets. And enforcement of the ban? Not so much. Only five or six cases ever got prosecuted every year before the ban was eased slightly in 2017. Mostly in Chile, law enforcement tends to look the other way. Well, travel north to El Salvador, where abortion is completely banned, but still commonplace by every measure, and things look different. The country actually sent prosecutors into hospitals around the country starting in 1998 when they first passed the ban in order to urge doctors to report patients whom they suspected. The number of prosecutions is still very low, about 10 per year, according to Michelle Oberman. But she says we can learn a lot by looking at these women's stories and considering what it can actually mean for women in society when abortion is legally banned. It's the topic of her latest book, Her Body, Our Laws on the Front Lines of the Abortion War, from El Salvador to Oklahoma. The interesting pattern, or perhaps troubling pattern in El Salvador, is when it happens and where it happens. The best study of the enforcement of the abortion ban in El Salvador took a 10-year period from 2001 to 2011 and um, investigated all 149 reports of abortions that took place um, during those years and found that every single one of the reported cases came from public hospitals. Not a single private paying patient was ever reported to the police. That seems to suggest that that's where poor women are going for care, because wealthier women, if they want an abortion or have side effects from one, can afford a private hospital where they won't be reported. Absolutely, and they can also afford to have a doctor who will maintain their confidentiality. One of the consistent themes I found in my interviews with doctors throughout El Salvador, public and private hospital, is this idea that medical confidentiality has become a commodity. And just to be clear, let me talk about what goes wrong um, for these poor women with illegal abortions. They're much more likely um, to take the wrong drugs at the wrong time, too late in pregnancy. They're more likely to have severe hemorrhaging. And because of that, they're more likely to end up in the hospital. And it's not really just women. It's girls in particular. And you could see why it would be the case that a teenage girl might be more at risk. Um, She's just got less education, less resources, less mobility. And so they really are the population um, that is showing up at the hospitals with these severe complications from the medical abortions. That said, the women who are getting reported are actually not necessarily women who've taken drugs trying to end a pregnancy. Instead, around half the women who who are reported and even a higher percentage of the women who are convicted are women who have late term obstetrical emergencies. They're showing up to the hospital having gone into labor and delivered babies 
outside of the hospital setting, usually in, in, in very rural areas. So outside of the hospital, um, in, in outhouses or at home having, um, having actually, in many cases, wanted a pregnancy, not wanted to have an abortion at all. They show up at the hospital, the doctors want to know where the baby is and immediately move into crime scene mode rather than into healthcare mode. How does what you learned in Latin America inform what might happen here? if Roe v. Wade were overturned, if abortion were banned in this country? So we can predict, I think, with with absolute certainty that abortion won't go away. And we can predict that because, first of all, it's likely to remain, remain legal, banning some sort of amendment that bans it throughout the country, which I think most experts think is unlikely. Then it's likely to remain legal in a number of states throughout the, uh, the country so that women with means will travel. Uh, and, and let's be really clear about it. Life has changed here since 1973. Women are different. Access to travel is different. Access to information is different. Money is different. Abortion technology is different. And so travel, which we already see in states that have, for example, um, tightened up access so that they have fewer clinics, we already see a lot of abortion travel where women will, uh, from Texas, just say, as um, as we saw um, in the wake of the whole women's health um, cases, the clinics um, became farther apart. You had women going to New Mexico. I think it's it's inevitable that that abortion will remain commonplace in this country. Abortion medication is going to be a problem. We don't really need to look any farther than our battle with prescription painkillers to understand what access to abortion medication is going to look like. We'll see a lot of uh, side effects from medication taken, perhaps adulterated at the wrong dose too late in pregnancy. Um, So those women will show up in hospitals bleeding. I think we're going to see a real push for medical confidentiality because I think doctors across the board understand that it's a really bad idea to put a tax on coming to the emergency room. In other words, if women fear being reported, they won't come get the health care that we need to give them in order to save their lives. And in many cases that we need in order to treat obstetrical emergencies in order to save the lives of their babies. I mean, the tragic part about it is that I think both sides would agree that the best way to to lower abortion rates is to deal with what's causing women to want to abort in the first place. And actually, I learned that most profoundly in my time in Oklahoma, working with pro-life people who are trying to persuade women to keep their babies I mean, you can't deal with abortion simply by making it illegal. It won't go away. You need to change the material circumstances of women who have abortions because they feel like that's the only choice they have. One of the premises of your book, Michelle, is to blow up some of the myths or at least the vague beliefs that Americans have on both sides of this debate, or at least that the warriors of the abortion debate have, the idea that abortions will stop if abortion is illegal or that women will die if abortion isn't legal. And you've really overturned some of those beliefs, uh, I dare say, on both sides. You've already established that abortion won't go away if it's illegal because there's proof of that from Latin America. But also that even a legal abortion, uh, frankly, is much safer than it was uh, in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah, it's a lot safer. I want to be clear here. Women will die. It's, it's not a joke. Legality matters. And we can already predict which women will die. I mean, hundreds of teenagers die every year in El Salvador, either from illegal abortion or they commit suicide 
I mean, the, the rate of suicide among pregnant teens in El Salvador is so high that three out of every eight maternal deaths involves a pregnant teenager killing herself. So it's not like it's a joke. My point, though, is that the abortion tribalism that we're living in, where our focus on legality is really the be-all and end-all, is astonishingly naive. We need to start asking ourselves what we think will happen if abortion is illegal. And both sides need to be having that conversation because it matters. I mean, it's naive to take a political election and have it turn on who announces that they're going to make abortion illegal without asking, and then what? We need to be having a conversation that moves beyond the simple legal legal or illegal focus that we've been blinkered by over the past 45 years. It's not going to go away, and our job is actually to find ways to support the poor women who are going to struggle. They're already struggling. Michelle Oberman is professor of law at Santa Clara University and author of the book Her Body, Our Laws on the Frontiers of the Abortion War from El Salvador to Oklahoma. Professor Oberman, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Well, next week, we look at the legacy of Roe versus Wade 45 years later, and we want to hear from you. Do you believe women should have the right to an abortion? Have you ever had an experience that helped inform your view? Call us at 8778-MY-TAKE. We want to hear where you fall on this issue. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. I'm Todd Zwillick. This is The Takeaway.